What is up, BA family? And welcome to another episode of the Breathing Air Podcast, where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If it's your first time, welcome to the journey. And for everyone else that has been on this journey with us so far, welcome back. And this week, we have a great episode for you. Connor Harris is a great football player, but better than that, he is a husband. He is a father, and he's a great man. So he speaks a lot about his time in the NFL, um, you know, all the success that he had building up to that and how that's trickled over into his everyday life and things that he's implemented to continue to be a successful human being and how his identity is not wrapped all in football. I know y'all will enjoy this without further ado. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Breathing Air, where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. Today, we have the all-time leading tackler in NCAA history with 633 tackles. That is all divisions. He's a three-time All-American. He's a Cliff Harris Award winner, which is given to the best Division II defensive player in the nation. He has spent time in the NFL with the Jets, the Cardinals, and the Bengals. He has been an assistant coach at Blue Springs High School in Kansas City, Missouri. He is now a project manager for Mammoth Sports Construction, and most importantly, he is a husband and a father. Connor Harris, thanks for joining, brother. Thanks for having me. That's quite an intro. Yeah, man. I had to just do a little digging, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, for it's the, an honor to be here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on. We, uh, me and Connor have been digging, podcast <clears throat> working, do, going through some technical difficulties, but here we are, man. All right. So tell me a little bit about, you know, your childhood and how everything came about growing up. What, what was it like growing up for you? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Lee Summit, Missouri, just probably 20 minutes outside of Kansas City. Um, Grew up playing sports. Kind of my main sport growing up was soccer. Um, that was kind of my first love. Started playing that um, ever since I could walk, all the way up until middle school. Uh, and I played competitive, so I was traveling all the time. Bunch of games every year, every summer. Um, kind of playing year-round, too. So didn't play a whole lot of other sports until fifth, sixth grade. Um <clears throat> kind of uh, what happened with my transition to football was there was, I was played on a team uh, and the guys on my team were like two years older than me. So when I got to middle school, they're transitioning to high school. Um, and so I was either having to find another soccer team to play on or, you know, try something else. And so decided to dive into football. Uh, always loved playing in the backyard. Always loved playing in the neighborhood with the, my friends 
Um, <clears throat> the only difference was, you know, with, with, with that was I was always playing soccer, so I never got to actually play on the team with those guys. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted to try something else. Kind of burnt out on soccer, to be honest. Played too many games, just a lot going on, and decided to get a football try. I fell in love. Um, Started playing football, basketball, <clears throat> and then uh, towards high school, um, f- played all three sports, football, basketball, ran track, then uh, decided to focus on football after my junior year. Um, hit the weight room hard. Uh, decided to uh, really devote a lot of my time to that. Really wanted to go play college ball, so I knew – I need to get bigger, faster, stronger. Didn't really understand what that meant, but devoted a lot of time to the weight room. Uh, had the opportunity to go play at Lindenwood. Had a lot of a lot of good memories there. Had a lot of success. Um, had the opportunity to go play in, in the NFL a little bit. So uh, that's kind of my my journey in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you touched on multiple things. <clears throat> what I want to start with is. You talked about growing up and, you know, playing soccer at an early level. And you talked about playing three sports in high school. So how do you think playing multiple sports in high school and growing up, how do you think that, you know, helped develop you as an athlete? Or are you more for specialization when it comes to, you know, kids that are in middle school and their parents are like, you're going to be a football player. We're doing cone drills until you can't do them anymore. Right. No, I mean, I'm all for the multi-sport. Um, you know, that's how I'm going to raise my son uh, and future kids is <clears throat> just let them do whatever they want as far as sports goes, encourage different sports. I'm a huge believer in <clears throat> being able to develop differently in, in different sports and you use different skills, you know, depending on if you're playing baseball versus football. But I think you can learn stuff from each and, and, and make yourself better uh, in each type of sport. And so, you know, the specialization, you see all these kids, you know, with, I I think it's more parent driven that their parents are trying to live through their kids more. And it's, it's, they want them to do something that they didn't get to do or something like that. And it's just getting more and more competitive, um, you know, at a younger age, which I think is very unfortunate. I think at that age, you need to be playing the game because you love it. And, not be forced to do things that um, your parents want you to do because they think you're going to get a scholarship in, in fifth grade. Um, and that's how kids get burnt out. And they ultimately, you know, you see a lot of them kind of flurry out and not, not really do sports in high school because they're pushed too hard. So I think at that age, you play as many sports as you can um, or, or that you want to do um, and, and kind of just play the field and see what you like. And then, as you start getting older and, and, you know, for me, it was my junior year uh, deciding that I wasn't going to go play college basketball. I wasn't going to go run track in college. And um, I wanted to get bigger and faster and focus more on the weight room. And the only way I could do that is if I didn't play those sports and I was able to get in the weight room full time after school and do that. So I'm all for multi-sport, all for, um, you know, just developing in different areas based off those sports. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think you talk youth sports is 
just such a money maker these days. And I think oftentimes, especially now you have all these trainers and different people who <clears throat> specialized in what they do. Some are good. Some really aren't. I see videos on social media all the time where pros are coming out and saying, what is this drill that you're having this person run? Like this is doing mm -hmm. good for you in this sport. But kind of like you said, you know, it's, it all just comes back to the love of the game. It's like that kid whose mom tells him not to eat the cookies because the cookies is bad for you. And then mom goes upstairs and the kid's like, I want to try those cookies. You know, it's this right. apology <laughs> for sports. If a kid's getting pushed, 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 pushed at a young age, then it's easy for them to burn out. So I definitely get what you're saying there. Um, so were you always in Kansas City? Is that where you grew up most of your life or – yeah, born and raised um, in Lee Summit. <clears throat> uh, I think we moved across the city, you know, when I was like five or six, um, but grew up in the same house from when I can remember all the way up until college when I, when I moved out and went to school. So um, that's where I was kind of born and raised and uh, just moved actually out of there. So yeah. I got done playing, moved back home, and now I'm, now I'm out living in Lawrence, Kansas, um, for just moved for work so um but yeah that's where I, where I grew up how was that transition originally going from like place that you've been your entire life to it's only about what is it three hours from about three hours yeah three hours <clears throat> yeah so I mean I and and what's kind of ironic about that is so growing up playing soccer um soccer wasn't as big in Kansas city as it was in St. Louis growing up. And so most weekends we were going across state anyways to St. Louis to play in tournaments. So I grew up going over in St. Louis. Uh, my dad was actually <clears throat> born and born and raised in Kirkwood. So right there in St. Louis, my grandma um, lived there. She actually just moved to Kansas city uh, a few months back, but uh, so she's out there have aunt and uncle cousin live out there. So, Got a lot of family in St. Louis, so it kind of almost was like a second home. So it wasn't too hard of a transition from from uh, high school to college. Right, right, absolutely. So as far as you know, this lifestyle that you created from <clears throat> in high school and and you know wanting to be a college football football player and like having to put on that weight and you know make that transition. What were some things that you did in high school? knowing that, hey, this is something I want to do. I need to start taking these steps. You mentioned the weight room and stuff like that, but what other, what other things did you implement? Yeah, so, you know, for me, like I said, after my junior year, I had a pretty good junior year. It was all state, um, all area, all conference. Um, but I, I was still smaller. I was 170 pounds playing free safety. Right. <clears throat> and I don't know why. I felt like I needed to get bigger. I just, I kind of wanted to, um, you know, obviously you want to always continue to develop and, and get better. And so when I thought, okay, what can I do to get better? I can get bigger, stronger, faster. So, um, and, and I knew I wouldn't be able to do that if I was, you know, going from football to basketball, basketball to track, track back to football. There was no time in there for me to really focus on the weight room, focus on eating, um, you know, as a high school kid, your metabolism's like crazy anyway. So you're not really focusing on eating and working out and kind of 
that whole nutrition, um, getting those extra calories in, you're not going to gain any weight. So, you know, I had no idea what I was really doing, to be honest with you. I had a good buddy of mine, teammate, who actually went to Lindenwood, Max Williams, was a year older than me. Um, he was always the biggest, um, strongest kid on our team. And so I just not, after his senior year, my junior year, I, you know, I went up to him and I said, Hey, what can I do to get bigger? Um, you know, can you point me in the right direction as far as a weight program? You know, what can I be, what can I eat? Um, and his advice was, was pretty, pretty good. It was just eat everything you see. Um, and I felt like I already did that. Um, of course my parents, you know, thought that as well, eating them out of the house, but, um, you know, he wrote me up a, a workout program and, you know, I look back at it now cause I still have it in my email. It, it was now, if I were to try to do that program, I, I would burn myself out. It was, it was just too much, um, uh, working out total body every day of the week for, you know, six days, one, one recovery day. But, you know, at that age, um, I took advantage of it. I literally took advice and ate everything I saw, went to McDonald's a couple times a day, uh, McDoubles, McChickens were a dollar. Um, so I would always find a bunch of quarters and, and, uh, uh, get some of those eat ice cream. My dad would make big meals. So I was able to put on, you know, some weight and <clears throat> I think I put on, you know, 20, 25 pounds, you know, by the time I football season rolled around again. And so, you know, having success doing that and then having a successful senior season, I kind of put two and two together and was like, Hey, this, this is working. Um, you know, obviously it's not perfect and you want to try to perfect it and continue to make it better. Um, and that just came with experience and knowledge and, you know, research of, of how, you know, cause I, I wouldn't recommend, um, to a college athlete now, Hey, go eat McDonald's. You're trying to gain weight. <clears throat> um, just cause there's better options you can pick from. But, you know, for me, that was what I needed to do, trying to get extra calories in. It was a dollar, so that's what I did. But, um, you know, just trying to do that, trying to be the best I could be um, in the weight room, um, and then just making sure I, I tried to eat as much as I could. Right. And you made – you talk about the 25-pound leap. That's where I think if you are going to specialize, I think that it shouldn't be till later in high, like in high school, you're a freshman, you're a sophomore. Okay. I'm really good at this. And this is something that it's my passion and I love it. And then it's, it's, <clears throat> you're talking about where, Hey, I need to gain weight for football. This is my love, but I'm running track and I'm, I'm playing basketball and I'm burning 2000 calories at practice. And that's kind of holding me back from this goal. I think that's a place where you could say, okay, maybe you need to start looking at it this way if you actually have a legitimate, you know, shot to go play at the next level. Right. But um, so speaking of the your senior year, you all went to the state championship, correct? Yeah, so we um, ended up winning a state championship my senior year. Um, you know, it was an awesome, awesome season kind of just put the icing on the cake for uh, my high school career. Grew up with all those guys, um, played Little League with a lot of them or played against them in Little League. And so um, to go win a state championship and, and beat a team that was really good, um, beat us. You know, I don't even think a lot of 
um, people even thought we'd step on the field with those guys. Um, I think they had eight or nine division one guys. Uh, our team had none. Um, but, you know, we, we took it to them. It was, it was a grind, four quarters, uh, beat a really good CBC team. But um, just a lot of fun, a lot of good memories on, on those Friday nights. Yeah, absolutely. That's I always say that <clears throat> one of the, if not the most pure area of the game when it comes to high school football, Friday night mm-hmm. lights, you know, there's not a whole lot. You know, there's always politics involved, but, you know, there's not – a whole lot of money involved when it comes to college and, and the NFL. And it's just those butter, you know, those butterflies, it's just Friday night right. lights. It's nothing like it. I've, I've always said that, but I think if I remember correctly in, in high school, you played some quarterback and safety and punted, right? Yeah. So it taken back to when I started playing football, I started, you know, when I first started in back in sixth grade, I played running back. I don't remember what I put on defense. I think I played linebacker starting out, but I was like scared to death to tackle, uh, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but um, then my seventh grade year played quarterback, eighth grade year, middle school played quarterback, freshman year played quarterback. I also kicked and punted when I did, those, did that. Um, <clears throat> and then going into my sophomore year, we had a, um, a guy who – uh, would have been a junior junior who started the year before. So he's going to be a two-year starter. Um, and it was, you know, I could either sit and, and wait for him or, or play a different position. So I played free safety. I kicked and I punted my sophomore and junior year. And then my senior year had an opportunity to go back, go back and play quarterback as well. So didn't really leave the field a whole lot in my senior year, which was awesome. Um, you know, got to play both ways and, and hardly came off the field, which is something that's kind of rare, especially at a big school. Uh, but I took pride in that and, um, you know, had a lot of good memories, like you said, playing some of the best football, most fun football I've ever played. Yeah. Those nights. Absolutely. What was <clears throat> your thought process going into recruitment? Because I know uh, going through it myself, it's, it's, it's a crazy process and there's a lot that goes into it, but for someone like you who I'm sure had some D1 looks and offers or whether they were preferred walk-ons or offers or however that was, you'll have to tell me. But what was your thought process going into that and how did you end up deciding, hey, Lindenwood's the place for me? Yeah, um, I feel like I could talk for an hour on this. Um, <laughs> just because my recruiting process was, was kind of all over the place. Um, talk so, you know, I was – I, like I said, I played quarterback my senior year, um, but I was 5'11", 220 pounds. Um, we probably threw the ball 30, 40% of the time. Um, we did a lot of read option stuff, so more running. Uh, we had a great running back who played at Pitt State. But um, anyways, a lot of the schools were like, hey, we, we don't want you to play quarterback. You have to move positions. Play defense as well, but – um, you hardly see 220 pound, 5'11, free safeties, you know? So, so <laughs> right. So, and, and, you know, at the next level, they want the safeties to be smaller. They got to be quick, got to be able to cover the field. Um, so, a lot of the big schools are like, hey, you know, we don't know where you're going to play. We'd like to see you play a linebacker, but, you know, we're just not for sure. And so, there were some schools that lost interest in that, not knowing exactly where I'd play. Um, 
some of the bigger division one schools since I was a late bloomer um, had already offered a lot of their guys. Um, so I think Mizzou offered me preferred walk on spot. Um, you know, I was originally committed to go to Northern Illinois. Um, and then they ended up getting a new defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator came in and said, Hey, he's too big to play free safety. You know, I like him at linebacker. We got all of our offers at linebacker. If, if something opens up, it's yours. Well, everyone committed. So, <clears throat> you know, there was, I was kind of all over, all over the place with schools, division one, division one, double A, division two. And, and I just said at the end of the day, I want to play. Uh, I don't care the level. I just want to play. And so there was kind of, you know, a few things in, in, in my uh, recruiting process that I, I wanted to find in a school. Um, and, and really, Lindenwood kind of checked all those boxes. Wanted to be able to play early. Um, had the degree I knew I wanted to pursue. It's far enough away from home, but still close enough for my parents to come to the game. Um, and then, you know, had family in St. Louis as well. And then finally, you know, my wife now, but my girlfriend at the time, wanted to find a, a place where we both could go. So at the end of the day, it wasn't <clears> – <throat> I didn't care about going – to play division one football I wanted to play I knew that I wanted to go try and play in the NFL you know that's everyone's dream not not everyone gets to have live that dream so I said okay if I'm not going to be able to get that to that spot I, I want to be able to maximize my career and and say I, I played because um, a lot of the bigger division one schools are like hey you're gonna red shirt we see you playing special teams for a couple years um, <clears throat> is that something you want to do and I was like you know not really, um, if I'm being completely honest. And, and that's fine if that's what some people want to do. There's nothing wrong with that. I just knew, for me, um, always playing in high school. You know, I played freshman year, played varsity my sophomore year. So I was always playing. I never really sat. And so I was just like, okay, well, that's something I, I don't see myself doing. So if I have to go play smaller school ball, that's what I'll do to play early. And so it worked out. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think a lot of times kids going into that process, I mean, it's a whirlwind. I know when I signed, I was so happy just to have that weight lifted. But mm -hmm. I think oftentimes people get too caught up in the division. It's like, look, there's you if you're good enough to play in the league, you're a testament to this. I mean, Austin Eckler, John Brown, Pierre Desir. I mean, I can keep naming all of these very good division two players who have great NFL careers. If you're mm -hmm. John Harris, I mean, he's playing right now. Right. Um, they'll they'll find you, and and you know we had your senior year, we had scouts there almost every practice from almost every team. So, I, I want anyone listening out there that may be going through that process to know that don't get too wrapped up in all of that stuff because, like you said, you came and you were able to play, and that's that's what that's what every athlete that's going to that level wants to do. They want to go out there and showcase what they can do. So right. that's, that's a big thing. And, you know, that takes a little bit of, you know, put the ego to the side. It's, you may be passing up a D1 where you had a preferred walk-on or where you would go sit a few years. But at the end of the day, you're not doing it for that. You're doing it, you know, for you and your family and what's best for you. So I think that's, right. that's, that's a big thing. So kind yeah, of – And a, go ahead. One, thing echo, one thing to echo on that, <clears throat> and, and you got to think of, like, the recruiting process is crazy you know, thousands and thousands of kids are wanting to try to go play. And so, you know, I was, I remember going through it and being like, well, why is that kid getting offered there and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, 
people slip through guys slip through the cracks all the time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that until <clears throat> I got into my uh, first rookie mini camp with the New York jets. Um, and so, so the way that works is you got your draft picks, you got your undrafted guys that sign contracts and then they invite like 40 or 50 guys to try out for a couple of days. So they have a, basically one big team, you're practicing scrimmaging as guys and, you know, you're playing with guys from who was you – know, I was playing with Jamal Adams, who was our number one draft pick. I was playing with guys from Texas who was a minicamp invite, whatever. And you're looking around and you're meeting these guys and you're like, oh, you played at Texas? You were the start date at Texas? You were the starting whatever at whatever big school? And I'm like, you wouldn't even have played at Lindenwood. Like, that's just how – like, there's guys that you're like, how would you play at Texas? How would you play at Michigan? How would you play at – these big schools, you couldn't even have competed in the MIAA. And that's just the reality of it. It's Sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's who knows what that college coach was thinking, you know. And, and so guys slip through the crack, cracks. And like you said, you're good enough. They're going to find you whatever division you're at. Um, and then, you know, it, it's I see it all the time. It's like you see all this stuff on social media. It's like Division One or bust. It's like I'm not going to Division Two. And you know, those are usually the kids that don't make it anyways, you know, regardless. Um, but, you know, there's, like you said, there, there's a lot of good players at the small schools. Um, there's just good football in general, regardless of the level. So, got to consider everything. Yeah, absolutely. How was uh, – did you spend any time with Jamal? Is he that loud of a character in, uh, in person? <laughs> yeah, he's um, – he's a good dude um he's funny he's um he's a hard worker but yeah he he talks a lot um he's very confident uh I think a lot of people would would mistake that for arrogant you know he kind of seems arrogant at times but he's just confident in what he does um but he he backs it up you know what I mean and so um just like how he is you know on all the videos that you see that the Jets post or the NFL post he's just like that um, but like I said, he, he's a good dude. Yeah. I, I love his energy and I can see why people would say that, but I mean, like you said, hard work, you know, builds confidence. And when, when you put that right. in, you're allowed to be confident in what you do. There was this, this quote that I saw not too long ago. I think I actually tweeted, it was, uh, humble enough to prepare and confident enough to perform. So mm-hmm. you're preparing it's game time. The lights are on you have the confidence to go out there and, you know, show what you can do. So, and that's, that good thing. I know we're, we're speaking heavy on sports because this is our background and this is stuff that, you know, we have lived and been through, but I mean, that's, that goes with anything. If I, for example, I do orthopedic sales for surgeons. So if I go into a case and someone's having ACL and I don't know the technique, I don't know what's going on. Or, you know, if you're going to try and sell someone, a new stadium and you don't know this or that about, you know, your dimensions or how it would work, or it's not going to look good on me or you or anyone in that position. Right. There's so much rollover when it's sports and business and life. Um, Speaking of which, what is some stuff that you've taken from, you know, your athletic career, whether that be starting out in high school, college, into the NFL, that you are now implementing still in your life? Like what are some of those habits and characteristics? Um, 
you know, that's a good question. I think it's kind of hard to pinpoint like one thing or two things down. I, I like you said, I, I feel like it just all rolls over. Um, but I, I think some of the biggest things are just like mental toughness. You know, it, we live in a, a culture now where like if things don't go the way you think they should, like people just break down or, or they don't know how to, you know, handle that. And that's like every day for a, a football player in college, you know, like you got 6 a.m. weights, you wake up and it's snowed two inches. Now you got to walk across campus and 20 degree weather, it sucks. You're tired. Uh, you got practice later that day. You know, you got two tests. Like you're just constantly put through this stress. And, and on top of that, you're, wanting to perform on the football field. And so, um, you know, you just go through a lot of things that people don't get to experience when they don't play sports and especially at a high level. And so um, just taking stuff like that, like work ethic, um, you know, determination, discipline, I think is huge. Uh, just being able to have some time management, um, I mean, the list goes on and on, but I, I think those are kind of the biggest things is, is just what exactly I learned from football and, and how I handled, um, you know, weekly preparation, game film, uh, playbooks, stuff like that. To me, it's the exact same thing in the work life. You know, I, I have assignments. I have stuff I need to get done daily um, that can be overwhelming at times, but if it wasn't for, going through that for four years in, in college, um, you know, it, it'd be a different story right now. So um, I, I think the, the list is endless in that, in that sense. Absolutely. And I, I see you on, you know, on Facebook and everything still up grinding early, you know, got, you got your Jocko thing going on with right. watch rocking every single day. So um, for those of you who don't know Jocko, he has a podcast also, and he's, uh, ex is he was he a ranger or a seal or am I seal. yeah he's navy seal yeah so he's navy seal yeah so he's about as badass as it gets and every morning he takes a picture of his watch at 4 30 because he's paying his dues and <laughs> I think you've adopted that but you've always uh, been a hard worker what now that you're out of you know <laughs> sports so you don't have the alarm going off where hey I gotta be at workouts at you know 555 if I'm a minute late then you know I'm running all practice you don't have that you know spark to get you out of bed in the morning but yet you're still doing it you would think that you might have gotten burnt out on it but what kind of keeps drawing you back to those kind of habits that were created over the years yeah I think that just comes back to like you said habits um for do doing that for so long seeing success um, and then eventually just kind of adopting that into your lifestyle. It's something that I thought I'd be able to just flip off when I was done playing. Um, you know, I imagine having a long career in the NFL, um, making a lot of money, retiring and just being done with being active, I guess. That was my thought process. Doesn't make sense right now, but time to get old. <laughs> right exactly that's you know like I'm not gonna take care of my body anymore I already did that whatever and then I get done and it's like 
I don't have that fixed like I thought I would. Um, I didn't have the career I wanted in the NFL. Um, and then I get out and it's like, I still need to do something like that. And I think once it's already ingrained in you, um, especially for the type of personality I have, like, it's just something I know. It's just something that's in me. Um, and so, you know, like you said, I don't have a reason to get up at that time, but that's something I've always done. It's something I like doing now because it challenges me. Um, it keeps me um, committed. It keeps my discipline um, where it needs to be. And then I also just like, you know, working out and um, pushing myself physically and mentally. And so that's one way to do it. You know, I think, you know, it's easy to do it when you, when someone tells you, Hey, you got to get up for team weights. You know, you're part of the, the college football team. You got to get up at 6am. You know, it's easy to do it when that's what you're supposed to do. It's harder when you don't have a reason to do it. And so I think that's another reason why I'm doing it because it's just challenging myself even more, you know, um, when you're working a, essentially just a nine to five job it's easy to kind of just go through the motions and, and kind of just go about your day and so I still need that I'm still in my eyes I'm still I'll always be a football player you know I'll always be this athlete um you know hopefully till the day I die but um I won't be able to put on football you know football pads anymore but that's a way for me to kind of get my fix and to st to stay active and, and push myself Right. I think what you hit on there is super important. You know, you want to constantly challenge yourself. And I think it's easy sometimes to get in, you know, our everyday routine and this, this motion that we get into, obviously, that's been thrown off a little right now. But I find myself, you know, being drawn back to that as well. And people don't often understand that, oh, like, it may be vain, you work out all the time, like, I even, you know, my mom's a personal trainer. She even says sometimes like, oh, you have to work out every day. But like for me, it, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's one, it's, you know, it's a release. It's a, you know, you physically, chemically get a serotonin release. You get, a, you know, dopamine release in a positive way, you know, and also it's, it's a way to keep my mind right at the same time. Because, you know, we don't have that outlet anymore of a sport or something along those lines. And it's a stress reliever for me. It really is. It's mm -hmm. like, so I still, you know, get up early in the mornings and not saying you have to get up early in the mornings, but I think oftentimes people forget that there's a direct correlation between how your body feels and how your body and your mind works whether that's, you know, mental clarity, whether that's how you sleep at night, how your energy levels are throughout the day, you know, gut health and how that correlates with mood and hormones and sex drive and mm -hmm. everything under the moon can be drawn back to, you know, how you take care of your body. And I know that that's something that you're passionate about when it comes to nutrition and taking care of your body. So what's some stuff Maybe here's, here I'll pose it this way. What's some things that you're doing today that you may have done differently than whether that's nutrition or how you train and uh, kind of some things that, you know, you've been liking that have been working for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys that like, <clears throat> I love routine. And I think that started back playing sports, but 
Um, and that's kind of why I like Jocko and those type of guys so much is that they're military guys, they're routine. They're all about, you know, hitting that routine every day. And so for me, I've always kind of been consistent on, you know, my process of things that you could say. So I like focusing on things that other people don't. So like doing the little things right as far as making sure, you know, not as much anymore of, of, of sleep because now that I have a, a, a young son and yeah. just with work and, and just having the nights be more of, you know, free time for my wife and I, since we're, you know, have a little on um, that can be crazy at times, but, you know, focusing on getting enough sleep, um, you know, focusing on taking care of my body, whether that's eating the right foods, um, you know, and I've, what's crazy is I've, I'm more relaxed now than I ever have been on my diet. I'm the type of person that's like, I have to eat the same thing every day at the exact same time. And that's just how I was. And it, and honestly, it was a bad, bad, uh, bad thing I went through, but, um, I'm that kind of type of a person that I'm fine with eating the same things every single day for every single meal. I just love that routine, but, you know, focusing on staying hydrated, um, eating, drinking enough water, um, you know, taking your, your, your supplements that you need to your multivitamin, especially in a time like this, when, you know, we're going through this pandemic with this virus and we're quarantined, you know, and, not supposed to be going out and it's like mm -hmm. you're seeing all this stuff about um you know not going outside and um you know this and that but what you don't see is why, why aren't they talking more about taking care of your body why aren't they talking about the things you can do to, to help put your body there's nothing you can do to prevent this virus from getting you but what you can do is Get enough sleep that helps your immune system. Uh, take extra vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc. Um, you know, probiotic to to you know help your immune system. Stay hydrated. Eat healthy. Eat right. You know what I mean. And so, and and go for walks. Get out in the sun. Like all these things that you can do to help yourself. And so that's stuff that I like doing on a daily basis because I know it's good for me. And it doesn't just help me physically. It helps me mentally. Um, and so, you know, those are kind of things that I've always have done, but now that, um, I'm kind of done playing, I've it just still become a part of who I am. And so it's easy just to continue to do that routine. Yeah, absolutely. I think you touched on a lot of good things there. It's, it's good. We are habits of creature. We have to realize that at the core, we are habits of creature. And although some may be you know, more addictive personality than the other, or some may like routine more than the other. It's all different personalities, but like what you're constantly feeding yourself, whether that's physically what the food you eat, how you take care of yourself or mentally what you're consuming, you know, whether that be social media or the music you listen to or the people you surround yourself with, you ultimately, you know, you become a reflection of that eventually. So I think that leads into that point very well you know you got to just one be cognizant of what you're putting in your body and how you, what you could control basically because we can't right. said we can't control what's happening right now but we can there's I think I don't know if it was Stug that said this or one of our coaches but it was always you know control the controllables and that's something that 
ringing like back in my head through throughout this whole thing. And for me, it was kind of like, don't make excuses, make adjustments. And, and I think that it was easy during this time to make excuses like, Oh, I don't have the gym. It's not, it's closed. So I'm going to be lazy for the next month. Um, you know, I know you could easily have said that and no one would have thought different about it because you know, you're in this situation Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, all right, I'm going to do a hundred pushups a day and I'm going to try and run a mile and, like I'm out here running. I hate running. You know, I got bummed. Exactly. <laughs> and on the con- con- Cardi No is what I call it. Cardi No. Yeah. You know, I'm out here running and trying to find something to stay active, like you said. But, um, and you know, it doesn't have to be intense. The little things, like you said, taking a walk in the sun and um, just using this time to spend extra quality time with family members and stuff. So, Speaking of family, you know what, you know, Roan is how old now? 12 months? Is that what you said? 17, 17 months. 17 months. Okay. So little baby boy and uh, growing by the second, I'm sure. And then Marissa, you and her were high school sweethearts. So tell me a little bit about that transition, you know, from, I mean, that's, that's a long time, you know, to be together and to make it that far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been amazing, but you know, we've, we met, uh, our freshman year of high school, uh, we're 15 years old. So, um, that was back in 2009, which is crazy. I think it's almost it's, it's 11 years now, but, um, it's, it's been amazing. She's been the, the biggest support, you know, um, just throughout this whole, football process and, and school. And, um, you know, I think back to when, you know, we started dating and, um, just kind of these past 10, 11 years, a lot of moving around, a lot of, you know, up and go. And so, uh, to finally kind of be settled down and start a family, uh, it's kind of come full circle. And so, um, you know, it's been, it's, it's a daily, it's a daily grind, you know, marriage is, is tough. Um, it's real, but it's, it's awesome and super rewarding. Um, especially just to, to see her as, um, you know, my girlfriend and then my wife and now a mom, like it's, it's so awesome to see that. Um, and then when you have a, have a kid, um, you've met, you like never know what true love is till you see your son or daughter. Um, and so, and it just opens your, your eyes to this, this different perspective of what life is. And, you know, for so long, I thought my life was football and I thought my life was uh, just having success in football and, and, and that. And now it's like, I don't even care about that anymore. Once I saw my son and, and we started this family, it's like, that's what matters to me. Um, and just making memories and, and everything else with him. So, yeah, um, it definitely opened your eyes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's well said. I think oftentimes whether, you know, you're in high school and you're a stud athlete or, you know, you're especially if you're a college athlete, I think it applies when, you know, your your whole life has been wrapped up in, hey, I got to perform. You know, I, my identity is, you know, I'm I'm an athlete at mm-hmm. that. I think oftentimes, you know, it's not that they don't think they're more than a football player, but, you know, you get so wrapped up in 
you know, your whole life is being put into this sport. And oftentimes, I know for me, it was an adjustment. I'm sure you can attest to this. But when you first get out and you get into the real world, it's it's in a bit of an identity crisis at a young, you know, at a, your mid 20s. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm, you know, I'm no longer a football player and I don't have this team and the support system of brothers. And, you know, oftentimes you're separated from your, your best buds that you've, you know, created memories with. So kind of tell me a little bit how your transition was, you know, from the lead and how that transitioned into where you are now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's still a a transition, you know, um, like I said, I I envisioned this long career in the NFL and, you know, I was with three different teams in a little over a year, um, battled a, a pretty bad hamstring injury. Um, you know, kind of just lost the love of football, um, decided after being released by my third team, um, that it was, it was time to move on. I knew it was the right decision. Um, but at the same time, it was still, um, kind of felt like it was still unfinished business. And so even though I knew it was the right time to move on, there was still part of me that said, Hey, are you sure? Um, Mm -hmm. and so the transition was, was tough because it happened in the summer. Um, I think it was June when I got released, decided to move on. Um, didn't really have a plan as far as what I was going to do next. Um, and so I had an opportunity to go coach at my high school, uh, that I went to at first I had wanted nothing to do with it, wanted nothing to do with football. I kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, football had been so rewarding you know, in high school and college. Um, and then I get to the NFL and just seeing it's the complete 180. It's, it's, it's strictly business. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not like what it is in college and, and high school where it's, you know, high, college is a little different, but high school, like you said, it's, it's pure. It's, it's, it's for the love of the game. And then as you keep climbing the ranks, it becomes more and more like a business. And so, you know, just having this, vision of what you know growing up of I, I want to be this NFL player and what it must be like to to play in the NFL and you have all these like just thoughts of what it could be like to play in the NFL um and then you get there and it's like wow this is nothing what I thought it would be um and so leaving and being done with that and moving on I struggled for I still do but I struggled for a long time of just moving on and, and I was still trying to find my identity in, in football, whether like something popped up on social media or someone reached out or I was looking through my phone at pictures of me playing football or, or just something would remind me of football and it would kind of take me back to that dark place. And so um, it took me a while for me to just, you know, and, and I think time allows you to just kind of move on from things. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I knew it was going to take some time, but, um, you know, it's a daily struggle. I mean, there's still times to this day where I'm talking to a buddy that's still playing or, you know, I see one of my, my former teammates or a guy that I'm close with that's still on a team or having success. And, and there's a little bit of me that gets jealous, um, you know, and thinks what if or, or why not me. But at the same time, I know that's not part of what God's plan is for me. And so um, I know there's a lot of better things to come. Um, a lot more to life than, than football or sports or 
X, Y, and Z, you name it. Um, so football is just a small part of, of, of who, who I am and, and what I did. So, um, you know, it's still a daily struggle, but I'm getting through it and, and moving on, moving forward. Yeah. And I don't think that it ever really goes away. It's one of those, mm-hmm. like, it'll go, it'll, you know, it gets better with time, but that, that pain, that, that feeling is all you're, you're, you're like yearning for the game is always there because it's right. that you can duplicate. Um, I mean, you know, I've, you talk to guys who are hall of, you hear hall of fame speeches and you hear guys who are coaches or retired. It's the reason why people continue to be around the game that they love because it's just in them. It's a part of them, you know, to the core. And it's, it's not like you said, who they are as a person, but, it's just intertwined with their DNA after so long. And, you know, you're, it's that time that you're becoming a man almost mm-hmm. and builds you into the man that you eventually become. And I, I saw a thing pop up on Facebook, like you were talking about, and it just, I just thought of it. It's the first time I thought about football in a while, you know, cause we don't even have sports right now, which sucks. Right. <laughs> I know. I'm so ready for sports to be back, but. And the XFL, I, I saw that. Yeah, that was a sad deal there. That's so sad because, I mean, I think that they had a legit shot to continue. Yeah, they had a lot of backing. Um, I had a lot of a lot of former teammates, a lot of friends that were playing in it um, that loved it. Um, a lot of guys kind of in, in similar situation to me, bounced around from a couple different teams, trying to break through, got a shot at the XFL you know, kind of rekindled that, that fire in them to, to want to keep going. And so to see that, you know, kind of just fall through because of, you know, this. And unfortunately, you're going to see a lot more businesses and stuff like that fall through because of, of this coronavirus and everything being shut down. But, yeah, it was just, just a sad deal. Did you ever think maybe – Oh, I might want to, you know, give this XFL thing a try. <laughs> no. So, so when I got done playing in June, I mean, that was one thing I told myself was, Hey, if I'm going to hang it up, I'm, I'm done. You know, um, there's no trying to come back in two months or two years. Like if I'm going to make that decision, I'm done. And so, you know, it was probably two or three months after I got done playing, there were still a couple of NFL teams calling, you know, hey, we can get you in training camp. Are you sure you're done? We'd love to have you. And um, at that point, I was like, no, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Um, as a couple months went, went on, uh, CFL team reached out. I think it was Toronto. They had my rights. They wanted me to come up and, and, and play in the CFL. And I was like, no, that's definitely not what I want to do. And so I, I didn't consider anything under the NFL. Um, I knew when I was done, I was going to be done. Um, but like I said, I had a bunch of buddies to play. Um, but I, me trying to move on from, from football, um, I knew I had to be completely done if I was going to move on right. and enjoy, and enjoy what, what I'm doing now. And so I love what I'm doing now. I love – company I work for uh the people I work with are are awesome amazing people um it allows me to spend a lot of time with my family to go do things that's something that is rare um you know playing sports for so long especially college NFL 
you don't have a lot of free time. You know, your, your weekends are, are really your, your business days. Right. Um, so, you know, I never really knew what it was like to have some free time. And now, <clears throat> now that I have some, especially now that I'm done coaching for the, at least this year, um, you know, just being able to do things, hopefully once this things start opening back up, but, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't really consider doing that at all. Yeah. My a buddy of mine that you may have listened, he was actually the first one on the podcast and he spent a little bit of time with the Patriots. It was kind of the same thing. I remember he had just started working with us and at mid South and he had gotten a call and he played O-line. So he, you know, three fifteen and dropped, mm-hmm. you know, after ball, he dropped pretty quickly. A lot of those guys do. Those offensive linemen are athletes at that level. I'm sure you can attend. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. really crazy. But he uh, he dropped down from like 315. I think he was sitting at like 270 maybe. And um, he got a call and it was around that time. And he had just been out and he was kind of itching. But similar to your situation, you know, he had a really bad back injury. And it was one of those things where he was like, you know what, I've been playing through this messed up back, kind of similar to your mm-hmm. handspring story. You know, I, I'm a little bit lower on the totem pole. I got to keep playing. I got to keep proving myself. But this is really an issue, you know, playing in a back brace and all this stuff. So it kind of got to the point where he was like, yep, yeah, nope, I'm not coming back, hanging. <laughs> and uh, speaking of which, I, does it hurt to get out of bed still? <laughs> Is there how to have the ache uh, gotten a little bit better since you stopped? You know they have. Um, I'm still working out like crazy, so I wake up some days and I'm like, man, I'm so sore. Why do I keep doing this? Right. But you know, that's one thing that um, you know I think about all the time. Is you know I feel pretty good right now, but you know, especially going through the the draft process and the combine where you meet with medical staff and they go over your injuries and you get MRIs and x-rays of all your injuries. I didn't realize how many injuries I had, whether I missed time or or not. The list, it was like pretty extensive, you know, from a a partially torn UCL in my left elbow, pop bursa sack in my knee, you know, little nicks and, and stuff like that that you don't think of are a big deal because it's like, I'm not missing football, so it's not that big of an injury. You know, I found out at the combine that a sprained ankle at, you know, I think it was in the spring game of 2014, I thought I sprained my ankle, um, turned out to be a fractured ankle. And I didn't find that out until I was going through the draft when I was at the combine and they go, hey, that that x-ray, it looks like you fractured it. We, we needed you to get MRI. And I was like, well, that, that makes sense. There's a reason why I couldn't walk for three or four weeks. Um, but stuff like that, that I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good right now, but how long is that going to last? But I think that's just kind of, kind of something you take pride in, in a sense. It's like, I went to war every day with, with my brothers and played a game that not a lot of people get to experience. And so, you know, kind of feeling like crap every once in a while, I'm fine with that to make those memories and, you know, be able to say that I played the game. Right. And you know, I'm right there with you. I've had two ACL surgeries and dislocated shoulder and who knows how many 
you know, nicks and bruises. No one, no one gets to week five in a full season and feel right. other than about 80% of their full, their full mm-hmm. before that adrenaline kicks in. But, um, I was, it's kind of crazy to see now on my, my end of things. Cause I'm in the OR. So I get to see, you know, an ACL surgery. And I remember the first one I looked at the doctor and I said, sir, I understand why my knee hurts still. <laughs> Just, you know, taking a saw and bone plug patella. And mm-hmm. I'm, oh my goodness. I, was like, I can't even watch this right now. But yeah, it's, you know, that's the sacrifices that you make, you know, inherently it's a violent game and that's why we love it. You know, it's uh, old coach of mine said, this is the only game that you can legally assault people and get away with it. <laughs> so, <No doubt. laughs> so, you know, it's, it's violent. Yes. And do I think there are ways that you can make it safer especially when it comes to you know the head trauma and the injuries that we're seeing you know people like Hernandez and Junior Seau and uh, the CTE stuff that is real and is happening Um, yes but at the same time it's a violent sport and you know that's that's what it is at the core of it Um, I think oftentimes people don't realize how much of a chess match it is at the same time though which is which is why I loved it because it's, you know, it's a mental game at the same time. Um, But yeah, I mean, what do you think about some of the rules that, you know, I think they might've started doing the kickoff one while you were still playing maybe, or was that last year? Um, No, they did. Yeah. So my first year was kind of, I think it was the new, new kickoff. Uh, No, no, it wasn't. It was still the old kickoff. Inside the 25 now, I think is, uh, or no, if it's, Something like inside the twenty-five yard line, and well, now they do it to where, um, like so, like on kickoff, the team that's kicking off, the guys can't, they don't have a five-yard head start to run. They have to stand on the line when the ball's kicked. Now they can run, so that was different. Um, I'm all for, you know, making the game safer in that sense. Um, you know, I think if you would have asked me four or five years ago, how I thought about it, I would have been, no, we can't change the game. You know, like this, now that I've seen the game, like, and played at that level, like those dudes are, they're dudes, you know, and I was 5'11", 245 pounds. And there's no lineman. One of my best friends, um, his name's Ben Braden played, tackle at Michigan he's 6'6 340 and he had like 16 or 17 percent body fat I mean just crazy probably one one of a kind in the world type of guy and ran like a a five flat 40 you know what I mean so like those are the type of guys you're dealing with and like there's gonna be some punishment with that and so um, I'm all for making the game safer now Um, I think you have to and you know, there's no reason why a guy should be, um, you know, coming out and having mental issues, physical issues. I mean, if you look at the 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 average age of a former NFL player, it's I think it's like late 50s, like early 60s. Wow. And wow. It's it's pretty insane, you know, how bad a shape guys are in. And so I'm all for making it safer. 
Uh, I don't have the answers to that. I think what they're doing right now is is helping with the, the special teams. I think that's kind of where you see a lot of injuries are those full speed contact type plays like kickoff, kick return. I actually liked how the XFL had their kickoff. Um, it was kind of unique and um, something you might see the NFL adopt here pretty soon. Which one did they do? They did the I, I don't know the specifics, but they had the they had the kicker back. I think on the 35 um, and then they had the kickoff team already down there and they were only separated by 10 yards. That's so mm-hmm. the kicker kicked it. And when the returner caught it, that's when they could start running. And so it, you know, kind of alleviated that full speed contact. And so now you only have a 10 yard window. And so it's like basically blocking drill. So Right. Um, I thought that was pretty unique how they did that. I, you might see that here pretty soon. Yeah, those NFL. I mean, it's a different kind of athlete. It really is. It's it's the elite of the elite athletes at that level. And you know, not to say that those dudes don't work twenty four seven on their craft, but they are in the upper one percentile of freaks of nature. <laughs> well, you see, you see. I mean, I saw, and so this is kind of where I. I I had a weird kind of not falling out, but I just had a weird, I, I thought everybody in the NFL was going to be like me, you know, obsessed with the the grind, doing everything right. The little things like these have to be on their A game 24 seven to be at this level. Right. And you get there and there, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of guys that are like that. Um, there's a lot of small school guys that are like that because they have to be, but then there's a lot of guys that are big name guys that you're like, that guy skips workouts. That guy doesn't do this, doesn't do that. He eats like crap in the cafeteria and he rushes for 200 yards a game. Like every day after practice, Adrian Peterson would get a Dairy Queen blizzard and that's what he would eat. (laughs) And he, he looked like he was sculpted. You know what I mean? From straight marble, like worked out once or twice a week. And maybe he was different, you know, in college and his first few years. And I mean, he's been in the league forever, but right, it worked for him. You know what I mean? And so when I saw that, I'm like, damn, I got some just bad <laughs> genetics, you know, I'm over here eating spinach and trying to just be, you know, as healthy as I can be. So I get this edge and yeah. this guy's eating a Dairy Queen blizzard after, you know, practice. And he's about to go rush for 200 yards tomorrow. Right. So, yeah, there's some genetic freaks out there, um, but it's it's pretty rare. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw. I I remember seeing guys like that in college. You know, that would eat whatever hamburgers and pizza, mm-hmm. drink soda and all this stuff, and then they'd just be cut up. I'd be like, dude, if if I did that, I'd be nice and plump. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or they'd go out and they would, you know, have a great game after that, and you're like, yeah. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. But some people are just different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I know that, you know, you made it to that level. Like you, you may think that, hey, I didn't do my 10-year career like you were talking about. But, you know, that could be a blessing in disguise, however you want to put it. You know, whether that's spending <clears throat> now or, 
you know, not having those bad injuries that may linger and, you know, into your fifties and sixties when you want to pick up your grandkids and stuff. So what, you know, what is your definition of success? Because I know that that ranges from, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of different areas, depending on who you ask. Yeah. And I think in today's society, (laughs) you know, you ask the, 10 people on the street, they're always going to tell you the same thing. Oh, you got to be a millionaire and you got to have this car, have this size house to be successful. And, you know, I don't think I've ever been like that. Um, But I especially um, shot that down after I played, you know, in the NFL, just seeing those guys that had millions of dollars, had three or four cars, you know, had all the money in the world and, and the status in the world and like, saw that they're the exact same people as you and I. Um, and getting to to meet Larry Fitzgerald, Adrian Peterson, um, all these big-name football players, celebrities, some would call them, um, and just having conversations about life and family and, like, just seeing they're just normal people and they have daily struggles like you and I. And so seeing that, I'm like, man, success isn't what you do on the football field. Success isn't, you know, how big your business is or success isn't what car you drive to me success is uh providing for your family um for me it's raising the best son and and hopefully future kids as i can being the best husband to my wife um and raising my family and and just making memories with them um and you know that's to me what a success you know, having successful life is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And it's morphed and changed for me over the years. And obviously I don't have it now, but when you get out into the real world, you start seeing so many different things that maybe you were, I wouldn't say sheltered to, but maybe that you weren't, you know, you were maybe a little ignorant to it at the time in college, you know, you're kind of in your own little bubble with your own guys running around, you know, circle and you get out into the real world and you're like, whoa, this is a little different. You know, there's, there's people who, you know, are working these nine to fives and they hate their life and they complain about it every day. Or, you know, there's people who are really wealthy and have all this money and, you know, they're addicted to drugs or they're alcoholics and, you know, they're not happy. They have all this money, but they're not happy. And, Not to say that there's anything wrong with making a lot of money. I think, you know, everyone has the goal and aspiration to make as much money as possible. But I think there's a fine line, like you said, between, you know, what success is and, you know, attaching yourself to some monetary value, which, which doesn't mean, you know, that much at the end of the day. So. And I, and I think if, you know, to me, you know, if someone, if you were to lay out just, you know, if I were to lay out my football career, you know, some people might say, man, you were super successful in your football career. And I would look at it and say, it, I, I wouldn't you say, no, I, that's a, that's a failed football career because I didn't, I didn't see it all the way through. I didn't have that 10 year career like I thought I would. So I failed, mm-hmm. you know, some, that's the same thing with people with, with money as they go, Oh, a million dollars is enough. Now two million, three million, or four million. So you'll never be satisfied with these materialistic things. Oh, I just bought a, a Lamborghini. Okay, that will 
fulfill me for a week. Now I want this. Now I want that. And so it's like, if you keep trying to find your identity in these materialistic things, or you think things are going to make you happy, you're just going to be wanting more and more and more. And so I've learned that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to find happiness in that because I already tried with my football career. You know, I struggled with that for so long of, you know, finding my identity in, in football. And so it always left me wanting more. You know, I would, I would have a, a great, a great game where I'd have, I don't know, 16, 17 tackles. And then I'd watch film and I'd be like, I missed three tackles. I didn't have a good game. I missed three tackles. And I was like that for so long that I never enjoyed a lot of things. I always thought I was not having success. And, and that's good to a point to where uh, you want to keep working harder and getting better. But then it's also to a point where it's like, I thought my life was football. And I thought if I didn't have a good game, my day, my week was ruined. And it's like, that's how life is going to be if you try to look and try to find your identity in materialistic things because they're always going to leave you unhappy. Right. And I've been trying to be intentional. I've spoke on this before, but, you know, it's a daily, it's a daily routine and it's a daily habit. And I'm, I'm not, you know, saying that I get it right every morning, but every morning I've been trying to, you know, wake up and start my day with gratitude. You know, like, say thanks, like, say a prayer, say thank you for this day. Thank you for, you know, an opportunity to have a job or have a roof over my head, Mm -hmm. food that I can go eat breakfast with. I have, you know, family that loves me and friends that care about me, like those kind of small battles. But just having gratitude, you know, for for the day and for what you have now, it, it leads to so many other successes in life. And it is easy, you know, to, like you said, focus on those small things. It's like, oh, shit, I did this wrong. Mm-hmm. Why, why did I do this wrong and beat yourself up about it? But I think that everyone, you know, we all fall down all the time. It's where we're only, right. So it's just about taking those mm-hmm. things and then saying, okay, this is what I did wrong. Let's try it again. <laughs> let's not make the same mistake. And if we make exactly, mistake, well, let's not do it that way the next time, you know. It's process of elimination sometimes. Sure. <laughs> it's life. That's just life in any, you know, any area that you put it. So definitely, definitely. Well, what is one thing? Now I'm gonna get you off of here. What is one thing that you want to leave our listeners with uh today? What is one thing, you know, we've talked about a lot of things, whether that's mentality and uh, you know, waking up in the morning, pushing yourself physically or, you know, being a good father good husband like what's one thing that you want to leave them with that they could implement in their life and you know see dividends from you put me on the spot here (laughs) um man that's tough you know i i don't know i'm not one of those people that likes to speak wisdom and come up with this big saying or or whatever so i don't know i i think you know for me it's just like be the best you you know what i mean i and I get caught up in this too, but we, we live in a society with this social media where you, you wake up, you pull up your phone and you see, well, all the people you follow, but it's probably some celebrity or it's probably this or that. And you're like, man, they're doing this. They're doing that. Why can't I do that? Why can't I get this? And this is like, first of all, that's not real. Second of all, like quit comparing yourself to other people, you know, be the best you. Not everyone's dealt the same cards. 
you know, everybody has a different way of getting to, I mean, if, for instance, you look at the NFL, not one single person had the same exact path to get to the NFL. Um, and that's just reality. And that's the same thing with life. And so just be the best you and whatever that is, and you have to figure that out and don't let it, don't let some, you know, influence that you don't even know influence you to be different uh, because you open a phone, uh, an app on your phone and it shows somebody doing this, like do what you want to do, be who you want to be like um, and, and live your best life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so relevant for today. I think a lot of people are going to take that home because I always say comparison is the thief of joy and it really is. And that it's, I mean, that's today too, you know, whether that's social media is such a huge thing and uh, seeing your friends and people are getting a promotion or they're getting married or having a kid. Mm -hmm. It's like, look, like, just like you said, live your life and be the best you. So that was, that was well put. Well, Connor, man, thank you so much for joining us and uh, throw out your socials. Where, where can people find you on social media? It's a good question. I don't really know my, my handles. Uh, I think Instagram is just Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R, and then the letter A, and then my last name, Harris. Um, on Facebook, don't really like getting on Facebook. Yeah. Twitter, I think it's just Connor Harris 16, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, check. Um, he has some good motivational stuff. You throw up some good stuff up there. Look at you saying, I don't know, be a wisdom guy. <laughs> I know. I'm you throw some good I came up with it. I get pumped up. No, I mean, All right, let's go. <laughs> I try to I try to be blunt and I just try to be Yeah. I don't know. I, I say don't try to be like other people, but like, you know, I, I like guys like Jocko or Joe Rogan or those guys that um or Tim Kennedy, like guys that just get after it. You know, especially in times like this, it's like like you said earlier you know, it's easy to be like, Oh, I, you know, I don't really have the gym to go to right now. And I was even saying that like, man, I only have a pair of 45 pound dumbbells. I ended up finding other weights, but it's like, I was freaking out there. I was like, I'm not gonna be able to go to the gym. I'm not gonna be able to do this. Like my routine's gonna be messed up. And I kept thinking in my head, like Jocko's video of him saying, good, you know, like good adapt to it, figure it out. Figure it out. And that's like what I love because I'm, I'm human. I'm not like this robot that has got to figure it out or can just do things on man. It's like, there's times where like, I feel sorry for myself. I'm feeling like not doing anything. And I just, those are the type of people, like you said, got to surround yourself with people who, who are like-minded and are going to hold you accountable. And so, you know, he helps me keep on the, you know, the path. And so if I can do that for somebody by, and, and I hope I do, cause I get messages all the time from people, um, you know, Hey, appreciate you posting that, like help me out today with working out or whatever. And so like that, that's, a, that's why I do it because if it's going to help somebody like that, that's what I want to do. And so, um, you know, it helps me. So hopefully it helps somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the best feeling in the world right there. Just to know that, Hey, you know, I impacted so much positive way today. I helped help somebody in a positive way today. That's, that's an unbeatable feeling right there. So, right. No, and there's definitely, there's definitely probably a hundred people looking at it going like, Oh, this idiot's posting a workout video. But <laughs> if there's that one person that goes, okay, well that kind of inspired me to go run a mile. Like, yeah. That's all that matters. 
So, and that's forget the, those hundred other people. Absolutely. Yep. That's the attitude you have to have because there's always going to be people who, you know, look at you one way or another and say, say, Oh, why is he doing this? Why is he posting a workout video? Why is he starting a mm-hmm. pop? It's like, no one wants to listen to this dude talk. Um, but, right. but if you live your life behind that motive of, Oh, I wonder what people are going to think about me. I mean, that's, that's no way to live life. You know, if, it, if there's something that you want to do mm-hmm. and it's something that you're passionate about and something that you feel connected to, you shouldn't care about what other people, cause I, I guarantee that someone's going to see that passion shine through and it's going to inspire them. Like you said. So absolutely. I'll challenge people to Couldn't agree more. Yep. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on, spending your time. I know we had some technical difficulties at first. <laughs> we had, we defeated right. the city. <laughs> we did we made it work absolutely I appreciate you having me all right brother thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the breathing air podcast if y'all like the episode this week go ahead and get on apple podcast comment like subscribe and share with all your friends thank you so much for tuning in if there's anything that you need on my end someone you think would be good for the show or anything that you would like to hear from or comment on I'm open on all socials and I would love to interact with y'all. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Until next week.